0: Thank you very much, Sandra It's uh, six and a half minutes past twelve. This is Midday Live on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader together till one this uh, afternoon as we bring you top stories making headlines across the globe in uh, the central african republic we told of uh, uh, escalating violence there and uh, more children being killed uh, children are caught in the crossfire in their daily activities when playing football or attending church just uh, some of the stories that we uh, will bring you today of course we talked to UNICEF about that and uh, in Bumanang a very interesting story here the community there in Emelo is calling for the municipality to be placed the under-administration due to its lack of uh, service delivery. We look at that, but we go to the northwest, where the National Council of Provinces is, uh, you know, on a week-long uh, visit uh, to that province, where they raised uh, concerns over lack of uh, quality service delivery in some of uh, the municipalities. You may remember also, in that particular province, about seven local muni- municipalities were in the process of or had already been placed under administration. Madibeng Municipality, one of them, on the brink of being uh, taken over by the provincial government so we talk to them and really see how things are there. Today, it's 8 minutes past 12. Former Fidentia boss J Arthur Brown has been found guilty on two fraud charges totaling some 250 million rand in the Western Cape High Court. Brown initially faced nine charges, including money laundering and theft in a trial which has lasted uh, more than 5 years. Western Cape High Court judge uh, says there's not enough evidence to convict him on the remaining seven charges. Vanessa Puna reports.
1: Brown was initially accused of running a pyramid scheme in one of South Africa's biggest financial scandals, which left widows and orphans of deceased mine workers destitute. Judge Anton Falthasen acquitted him on seven charges, including money laundering. The state says it's satisfied with the outcome. Senior state advocate Yanni Van Thieren explains.
2: The TETA charge was the first one that was tra- transport and training education, uh, 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 funds that were used, which is public funds, and the second one was VATCO, which is basically similar to a pension fund, where the mine workers uh, were beneficiaries of trust in in that fund. So it was basically a pension fund and uh, uh, state money that was uh, involved in those two counts. And and the other counts are the smaller counts that basically spin-offs from those.
1: Hanfieren also says he's glad the five-year-long case finally ending.
2: I think there's a massive cost-saving effect as well in terms of continuing with it. We've caught five of potential 50 witnesses so far, so it could have dragged on for quite a while still. And I think uh, there's a lot of considerations, but I think the accused also made a huge contribution to the matter by negotiating with the state and being willing to, to settle the matter in the way we settled. And I think it's, it's in everybody's interest that we settled the matter in the way we did.
1: Brown, meanwhile, says he's also satisfied with the outcome of the case.
2: When this saga started six years ago, I was running the biggest pyramid scheme in the history of this country. I had stolen billions, I had smuggled it offshore, and in fact, originally I was arrested on 197 counts. Being found guilty on two technical statutory offenses, yes, they do carry a minimum sentence, But I do believe that the judge will take all the factors into account when he eventually um, sentences me in respect of um, what penalty I have to pay.
1: Brown's bail has been extended and sentencing procedures are due to get underway on the 29th of this month. Vanessa Puna, SABC News, Cape Town.
0: The Economic Community of Central African States uh, meets, uh, meeting rather, in Chad underway today uh, to hear feedback from the Seleka rebels that took over in a coup in Central Africa Republic. The regional body gave the rebels at least 18 months deadline to hold elections. We join now on the line by our presidential reporter, that's Entebo Mokobo, who is there in Jemena uh, with uh, President Jacob Zuma, who's attending that uh, summit. Good afternoon to you, Entebo.
3: Uh, Good afternoon, Bongi, and good afternoon to the listeners.
0: Is uh, the meeting underway right now as we speak?
3: Well, uh, the meeting was scheduled to start at around 10 o'clock, that is 11 o'clock South African time, but it has been delayed. Uh, As we speak, uh, some uh, presidents are starting to arrive here at the venue that is the presidential palace here in charge. It is indeed expected to start within the next 30 minutes or so from now.
0: What is top on the agenda?
3: Well, as you correctly pointed out, Ebongi, uh, what is expected high on the agenda is a report back. Uh, you would recall that there was a meeting on the third of this month whereby... Uh, all regional leaders, including President Jacob Zuma, as well as representatives from the EU and the European Union, gathered here on the 3rd of April to discuss the political crisis in the Central African Republic. A decision was then taken out of that meeting that a team of foreign ministers should send to the Central African Republic to communicate the outcomes of that meeting. Some of the outcomes of the, that meeting was that that country has to set up a committee, and that committee must be a multi-sectoral one that would comprise other people, that it would include your civil society members, members of the civil society, politicians, as well as church leaders. And that committee will have to uh, take uh, into cognizance or have to oversee the day-to-day running of the country for the next 18 months, and within that 18 months they need to prepare the country for election, they need to ensure that there is a return to normalcy in that country. They need to ensure that uh, there is this reintroduction of the Constitution. They need to come out to draft an interim Constitution that would pay the country to action. And today, it's a report back in terms of what have uh, the rebels, uh, uh, what are the rebels saying? Have they uh, accepted or heeded to that recommendation code? And uh, insiders or so those who are close to deliberations are saying... The report has indeed, uh, uh, sort of accepted those recommendations. But for now, it's not an official position or it's not an official way from the rebels. We're still waiting for the subsequent time.
0: There there was no two ways about it. I mean, really, uh, African, uh, central African leaders, and including uh, South African president, very firm and steadfast on uh, their resolve really to get that country to uh, establish a transitional authority until democratic elections are held in 18 months. In fact, uh, President Zuma saying that the rebel leaders will be instructed to do that.
3: Yes, uh, uh, the rebel leaders uh, 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 were instructed to hold elections within eighteen months. However, uh, you would recall again that it has been the principle of the African Union not to really have a constant engagement with people who have overthrown their uh, authorities or their governments. But you would recall that I mean there was a Liberian agreement, the Liberian agreement that emanated from uh, uh, that started in January this year. Said that I mean appointed uh, Prime Minister, Nicholas uh, 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 Minister that, that Prime Minister is allowed in that meeting. Even last time, he was allowed in that meeting to, 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 to represent the country, to represent the Central African Republic, because he was not just appointed by the rebels, appointed uh, by the Liberal League agreement. Therefore, he was allowed in that meeting. Even today, he might be someone who be communicating. Uh, the position of the reposing on behalf of
0: the Central African Republic country. Mokobo, presidential uh, correspondent, thank you very much. And of course, uh, talking to us uh, live from uh, N'Djamena in uh, Chad. Meanwhile, according to UNICEF, in the face of uh, the intensifying violence in the Central African Republic, more and more children are being killed and injured, even on playing field and churches. Earlier, we spoke to the emergency advisor at the UNICEF's regional office for Eastern African countries, Robert McCarthy, and of course, started by asking him their role in that country?
4: Well, UNICEF has
5: been in the country for many years. And uh, in recent years, the, the focus of our work been um, less toward development and more toward humanitarian due to the, the spreading uh, insecurity in the country and, and, and political tumult uh, that culminated in the, the of the government uh, last month. Um, our concern is the situation of children, and our concern is ensuring children receive the kind of, emergency systems they need in this kind of situation. So our efforts thus far are focused to bring access to essential drugs, life-saving medical supplies. We're concerned about to uh, resume vaccination because there's a very high risk of measles. These are the things that that we're trying to do in a situation where access and security is a main issue, especially in the countryside outside of the capital, Bangui.
0: You talk of uh, children being caught in the crossfire in their daily activities, I mean, even when playing football or attending church. Is this uh, targeted uh, attacks uh, or just uh, accident being the casualties of war?
5: Well, we don't know if it was targeted or not, but uh, certainly it's the responsibility of all parties, uh, all, all, all armed groups, all governments, To respect uh, the the Geneva Conventions and humanitarian principles, and certainly to give the greatest respect to civilian populations and children. In this case, uh, two terrible events happened within 48 hours of each other, and we visited the hospital and uh, are trying to support the work of the agencies assisting them, including the Ministry of Health and several NGOs, and these children have been really victimized in the worst way. Uh, But it's a continuing pattern of violations that we're seeing around the country. We've been working for a number of years now on the issue of child soldiers and trying to ensure the release of uh, uh, children from armed groups and to put them into programs. But given all of the chaos and and disruption of activities, especially over the last month, a, a lot of these services have been disrupted. Uh, but the children in the country are at extreme risk, and frankly there's no immediate sign of any stabilization, any improvement in the situation, and we're still not able to get out, but for the work of a few NGOs. Uh, we have a very tentative situation right now.
0: Talk us through the issue of uh, child soldiers there. Is there still the, the forced conscription of uh, children to become soldiers still rife in that country, even as the rebels are pretty much in control of the country right now?
5: Well, I think it has been a problem for a good number of years. And uh, when we have a government we can work with uh, and a government that sets the policy platform and is responsible to implement laws, including international laws around uh, the protection of children and the observance of the rights of children, including non-conscription. That's one thing. But when the government has effectively collapsed And now, in many respects, we have a coalition of of armed groups under the broad heading of Celica. It's it's even difficult to know who we're dealing with. Um, It's a very volatile and and disjointed situation. So what we're trying to do now is maintain the very precarious foothold that we've been able to keep here in Bangui to ensure the protection and care uh, and support the work of our implementing partners who are assisting these children, Uh, but we need to reconnect, and we need to, again, resume the the ability to identify and locate and find a way to remove children from these armed groups. But unfortunately, the scale is, is very, very serious. We believe there are several thousands, at least, of children who have been recruited, and in the present situation, we believe that the practice of recruitment of children has probably increased significantly.
0: And that was Robert uh, McCarthy, Emergency Advisor at the UNICEF's Regional Office for Eastern African Countries. It's 19 minutes past 12. (music) Our top story this hour, the massive explosion caused by a blaze at a fertilizer plant in the small town of West in Texas has triggered a huge mushroom cloud. That's according to a local mayor there. Looking at the markets at this hour, gold is trading at $1,394.40 an ounce. Platinum trading at $1,435 an ounce. The rand is trading at 9 rand 10 cents against the US dollar, 13.90 to the pound and 11.90 to the euro.
6: SABC News brings you leading current affairs programs loaded with all you need. Your weather updates. Regular traffic updates to simplify your journey. Unpacking issues of the day.
1: Chris and his daughter pays tribute to her father.
6: And market updates. The rand is 87 to the U.S. dollar. Keep listening from morning to evening and be ahead of the rest. Brought to you by SABC News. Gear yourself for 22 exciting regular Friday evening appointments because Nuit for Nuit is back. we can rock you again with brand new music challenges, bubbling contestants, brilliant guest artists, and a red-hot band. Kick off your shoes, phones off the hook, on with your music hats, and come and sing, play, and laugh along with us. See you every Friday evening at 7.30 on SABC2 for the usual fun and games associated with Nuit for Nuit. Can't wait.
0: Let's go to the Northwest now where the members of the National Council of Provinces have been uh, on a, lo- a week-long visit to that province where they raised uh, concerns over lack of quality service delivery in some of uh, the municipalities. Patrick Dintoa reports.
7: The week-long program of the NCOP referred to as the Provincial Week is conducted at all the nine provinces. In Northwest, the oversight visit coincided with the decision of the provincial government to take over control of three municipalities. Some leaders of the affected municipalities, including Salga in the province, are opposed to the intervention. Debo Hochani is a member of the NCOP who led a delegation that visited Makwasi Hills and Matlasana municipalities.
8: Our view is that... uh under any circumstances, a municipality cannot be put under Section 139 if there are no compelling reasons to do that. Historically and under normal circumstances and in terms of the constitutional prescriptions, that is a intervention of the last resort. We will, if we are to support, support it and work together with our leaders here, because it's just a temporary intervention just to help them out of the woods if they are in the woods and get the situation back to normality.
7: Matkwasi Hills Municipal Mayor, Nonik Habi says they highly oppose the intervention. She says correct procedures were not followed and they regard that as political interference.
9: We had expected the local government to have supported the municipality before it it can put us under Section 139. We had welcomed, uh, I think, two of the support that was given by the provincial
0: treasury and also by the local government. Before a support has got a result,
9: you are taking a decision. That is why I am saying it is very much questionable. I suspect political interference. There is totally political agenda.
7: On the other hand, the Democratic Alliance in the province says although they support the intervention at these municipalities, they believe this should have applied to a number of municipalities in the province. Leader Chris
2: we believe that uh, there is sufficient grounds to uh, have Section 139 interventions in a number of municipalities in the Northwest Province. But our condition for uh, intervention is that then to- totally experienced people should be appointed as administrators.
7: Meanwhile, the ANC in the province has earlier last week indicated their support in the intervention into the affected municipalities, but said... Proper and further investigations have to be conducted. Patrick Dintwa for SABC Radio News.
0: And of course, I'll tell you that uh, the National Council of Provinces really not impressed uh, going to Northwest, not impressed with the lack of commitment demonstrated by the provincial government and municipality towards delivering quality services. So we'll be talking to them shortly. But uh, last year, at least seven local municipalities were in the process of or had already been put under administration in the Northwest. Matibeng Municipality was on the brink of being taken over by the provincial government, an intervention uh, by the Portfolio Committee. On local Government and the Office of the Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs Minister Richard Baloy saved the day. Let's find out more now from the municipal manager there of Matibeng Municipality. That's Monde Juta. Good afternoon to you, Monde.
10: Good afternoon, Bongi, and uh, good afternoon to your business.
0: First, talk us through some of the issues that led to the provincial Cogta MEC. There was China.dovu then wanting to put your municipality under administration.
10: Thank you very much, Jai If you recall, sometime in June last year, the provincial exco resolved to put the municipality under administration. Now, the correspondence that was sent to the municipality did not uh, indicate any reasons for such. Uh, hence, uh, that eliminated into a dispute uh, between the municipality and, uh, and the provincial COCTA. Uh, that dispute subsequently uh, prompted the minister of uh, the and uh, Honourable Minister of competent Government, to intervene. Hmm. Uh, and established whether there were grounds for the municipality to be placed under Section one three nine one p intervention. That approach, uh, the minister adopted, was to establish a ministerial task team, uh, of which it had then to ultimately answer, were there any grounds or sufficient grounds to place the municipality under uh, administration. Uh, the The investigation went ahead, And uh, last week, uh, Thursday, uh, the minister uh, did come to the municipality and present the findings of his investigation.
0: Mm. And what were the findings?
10: Well, uh, uh, in summary, uh, of course, as we are aware, in terms of the constitution, uh, uh, section 1392B, the minister has to either concur or not to concur with. With, with, with a 1-3 and 1-B as imposed by provincial cocktails. Now, in summary, the minister has decided not to support the intervention in terms of one to 9 right. With, a, as, was, as was decided by the provincial ex
0: So you're free right now, but uh, uh, the, the intervention team from Minister Baloy's office was there. Surely there were issues there, there were concerns. How is the situation right now, and how did you manage to turn it around?
10: Well, uh, 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 Bongi, if you recall, uh, uh, 1391B, it's supposed to be some form of support, but there's also other forms of support in terms of 154 of the Constitution. Now, what was resolved is that uh, the municipality uh, will be supported in terms of 154 of the Constitution, which details that there needs to be competitive, we need to strengthen cooperative, uh, cooperative governance amongst all the spheres of government. It was then resolved that uh, there will be a, a team of two that will uh, be appointed to come and look into certain specific issues uh, uh, that would have an impact on the efficiency of the institution. Uh, that team is going to is going to uh, still be established by uh, by the minister and
3: provincial copter.
0: All right. Okay. We thank you very much. That's uh, Juta there. He's uh, the municipal manager of uh, Matibeng Municipality. Uh, we go now to the, of course, uh, the National Council of uh, Provinces. Uh, I think we've dropped that line. We were trying to uh, feed them in quickly. Uh, Colin Meine just uh, to tell us uh, about uh, their uh, week-long visit uh, to that province. Of course, uh, very uh, blunt and uh, saying that they are not impressed uh, with uh, the lack of commitment uh, demonstrated by the provincial government and the municipal uh, municipality towards uh, delivering quality services in the area of housing, water and maintenance of roads. Uh, he's on the line right now. Uh, good afternoon to you uh, Mr. Minor Good
10: afternoon to you after
0: Your week long visit there in the northwest, surely not impressed talk us through that
10: I don't know what you mean,
0: surely not impressed. It's a statement issued by yourself uh, saying that, uh, of course, uh, you are not impressed with the lack of uh, commitment demonstrated by the provincial government and the municipality towards delivering quality services. That's uh, Moratele Local Municipalities. Uh, in uh, Mohojelo village there, you were shocked to discover that 80 units of a 1,000-unit u- uh, uh, RDP development project were completed uh, since uh, 1999. So surely there is a problem there.
10: All right, okay. When you talk about that, yes, we have gone there as the delegation of the NCOP retailer. I must say that uh, the train of the problems was present. Uh, we have visited uh, those two the two projects, the housing project and the Feroduma Sarona uh break project in the Village. Uh, we are not impressed and we uh, have said that we will engage the district municipality of Bojana as it relates to the Project Motaroana uh break project in Yeta Village because in terms of what we got from the municipality that uh, the budget of the, the project was budgeted for we started, people recruited. Towards the end of the project the, the municipality just worked out without saying anything to the municipality. So we will of course and we're not impressed and we will of course take the better out of the district municipality, in particular the district mayor, Mr Louis Ramelo. We mm. get started at the would the project desktop. And the local municipality has not said about it. With what? regard to those houses, the 1999 project of houses, uh, in terms of the presentation of the municipality, we are told that the Department of Human Services in the Northwest Province will be unblocking those projects. Uh, they were blocked. They would be unblocked uh, in this current time.
0: All right, so so you visited quite a number of uh, local municipalities there, there but uh, are they all under uh, the uh, Bojanala district or you went to other district municipalities, and what did you find?
10: As you're speaking now we are we are, we are in the Pakete municipality, interacting with all municipalities, and the NEC for local Government is also present. Uh, we have also um, engaged with the Matrasana municipality. Those accessing uh 139D of the continental vote on. I must say that we are still busy uh, with the with the meeting. Okay. Uh, but what we've got this far, without getting into details, because this must still go to the NCOP and the Minister for Concurrence.
0: All right. So but em- I
10: can say that generally we are not uh, in the.
0: Okay. Mr. Miner, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm going to ask you to hold uh, just uh, momentarily. I need to take the headlines and I need to go to Nancy Richards uh, quickly. So we'll talk to you after the headlines. Uh, good afternoon.
9: Good afternoon, Bongi. Thanks. Back to you,
0: Thanks, Asanda. Let's cross now to Nancy Richards. What's coming up uh, on uh, Otherwise Today between uh, 1 and 2?
11: Nancy? Well, coming up today, a freedom climb. We'll be hearing about a freedom climb of over 40 women from all over the world going up Mount Kilimanjaro to raise awareness around human trafficking. And also, just one woman dedicates her Camino to the earth and all that lives on it. After that, women in philanthropy take a closer look at trauma and mental health, and we'll talk to two specialists about the effect of trauma on both the individual and the community at large. That's what we've got lined up, so join us if you can. It's otherwise right after the news at one. Thanks, Bongi.
0: Thank you very much there, to Nancy Let's go back now to Mr. Colin Mine Of course, uh, the leader of uh, that uh, MCOP delegation to the northwest, Spending a, a, a week there Really looking at uh, a whole lot of uh, issues Raising concerns uh, in some parts But also uh, really excited at uh, the, uh, some of the developments that you find there So on Monday, you met with the Premier there, Ms. Tandi Modisa And of course, uh, the MEC of Finance and Acting MEC for Local Government what were the deliberations uh, all about, and uh, what did you conclude?
10: Of course, on Monday we, uh, we focused specifically on the Morapil local municipality, and we have identified the issues that we sent out on the media statement yesterday. So on Monday the business was just to focus on the Morapil municipality. Now from yesterday until Friday, until tomorrow, we are now focusing on the Dr. KK district, all the municipalities in the Dr. KK district you
0: all right. Hello. Yes, hi. Uh, okay. Uh, Mr. Colin Miner, thank you very much. He is the leader of uh, that uh, NCOP delegation uh, that has spent a week in uh, the province of uh, the Northwest. Let's go to uh, Guazoo Natal. No, we'll go back to Guazoo Natal shortly. Let's stay with uh, the issues of uh, local municipalities uh, right now. And, uh, of course, uh, the community of MLO is calling for the municipality to be placed under administration due to its lack of uh, service delivery. Earlier, I spoke to the president of the Ermelo Business Association, Athol Stark, to find out the reasons behind this move.
4: When you look at the state of affairs in the town of Ermelo, there's just too many things that are going wrong with no water, no electricity from time to time. And then, of course, we've got major sabotage that has been going on now for quite a few months already. And when you, in actual fact, take that and then you look at the Auditor-General's accounts uh, where he is saying that there's 292 million unaccounted for at our municipality. Uh, Eskom is threatening to cut off the electricity to the town because the municipality has failed, apparently, to pay some of the accounts. We don't have water. Uh, in the town, the refuge uh, in the town has not been collected. And then you can take that a little bit further, um, and you look at the continual acts of violence that are happening in the township which is called Vesselton. There's a, a deep sense of uh, frustration among the residents in the township related to the state of affairs in the municipality. Mm. At the moment, the municipality is running tankers to supply people with water. And there are you know, these continual allegations of corruption to do with the tanker system because the tankers are supposed to deliver to everybody that needs water. But only certain parts of the community actually receive water. The allegations are that the municipality is unable to pay some of its bills. Like, for example, the uh, accounts at the post office to post out electrical accounts and so on. According to what we understand, this is also not being paid. We also understand that even the people who run the, the dump site for the municipality have not been paid. So they've now barricaded the dump site. Nobody can go in or out. And, of course, the situation relating to the sabotage of municipal infrastructure has taken a situation which was really very, very, very bad into a situation which is now unbearable.
0: What do you mean about sabotage? of uh, municipal infrastructure and who is uh, sabotaging uh, such infrastructure?
4: Well, I'm the president of the Chamber of Commerce uh, in Ermano. The the reports that we get are not reports that emanate from the municipality. We have got to go up to the provincial level to find out what's happening in our own town. And we've been receiving allegations of sabotage to municipal uh, the water pumps, uh, the electrical uh, grid system that supplies electricity to the pumps. Lately apparently more than 11 of the electrical poles were cut down during the night, which basically then meant that there was no electricity going to the, the, the filtration system and also to the uh, place where the water is supposed to be collected mm. by tankers. For more than a week there was no electri- uh, no water and for some days there was also no electricity. Our airport just outside town has got no electricity at all and that's been going on for more than two weeks.
0: What is the reason behind that, really sabotaging uh, the infrastructure? What, what have you, according to your investigations, uh, been able to
4: establish? Well, this is something that uh, perturbs us greatly. Uh, we're actually not yet 100% sure as to the reasons why people would sabotage and, and you know, bring disaster upon the lives of 200,000 people in the way that it has been up to now. But obviously, you know, if we, uh, the little bits of information that we do get t- tells us that there must be some internal uh, problems, uh, probably within the political system, uh, that is leading uh, to this particular uh, type of uh, vandalism. What we have done as a Chamber of Commerce is that we have uh, actually, in actual fact, opened criminal charges at the local police station and we have requested uh, the the leadership of the SAP uh, locally to in actual fact investigate.
0: You are now calling for the municipality to be placed under administration. Of course you understand the consequences attached to that. I mean the municipality will definitely be hamstrung you know they won't be able to do anything they'll be incapacitated how soon do you want it to start?
4: The situation we believe cannot be worse than what it is now. If the current leadership of the municipality is unable to run the municipality correctly, we as a Chamber of Commerce are now saying place this municipality under administration because the current leadership obviously does not have the necessary skills and is either one of two things. is unable to do what they're supposed to do, is deliberately refusing to do what they're supposed to, to be doing, or, or acting in defiance of the Municipal Finance Act, the Municipal Structures Act, and the Constitution of South Africa, which are the three portions of the law which govern the way that municipalities um, must in actual fact um, operate. The biggest disaster here is the zero communication from the municipalities. You have no idea of what's actually going on. It seems that the only time that they answered correctly and answered truthfully was when the human rights organization started to question them as to the status quo of the town. And then and only then did some of the truth start to in actual fact come out.
0: And uh, that was the president uh, of the Ermelo Business Association let's say uh, Athol Stuck. At 20 minutes to 1, this is Midday Live On SFM 104 to 107 We go to KwaZulu-Natal right now About uh, 300 traditional leaders Will meet with the provincial government In a special meeting to discuss The implementation of the National Development Plan KwaZulu-Natal has the highest number of uh, Traditional leaders who have uh, custodianship Over vast sums of land Where key infrastructure infrastructure projects envisaged in the National Development Plan will take place. Their participation in unlocking land for development will prove critical for the speedy implementation of the NDP programs. Let's talk now to Lennox Mabaso. He speaks on behalf of the Ministry of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs in KZN. Uh, Mr Mabaso, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Pepper, and Good afternoon to
12: you today,
0: how crucial is the role of uh, traditional leaders in Tehran, in particular, in, implement- in the implementation of uh, the NDP?
12: Well, uh as you know, uh, traditional leaders are a very important stakeholder, uh, particularly in this side of the, of, of the world. Uh, precisely Because, uh, you know, they, we, we have a total of over uh, 55% of the population who are living in traditional communities. And uh, indeed, the uh, traditional leaders are leading those in, in those communities. So they're quite a very important stakeholder, as you have quite correctly mentioned in your intro. Uh, they're important player in terms of advancing uh, the, the objectives of, of development within the province. Uh, they preside mm-hmm. over a uh, vast sums of land, you know, which mainly is, is, is land that still needs a lot of development. And mm-hmm. uh, you know that the huge backlog in this province exists largely in rural areas. So it's very important... Uh, in today's meeting that uh, the government has seen it fit uh, that uh, they should converge in in one room together with traditional leaders to ensure that uh, the the, the, the national development then is shared uh, with the traditional leaders and they are able to make their contribution in terms of what role they are going to play in terms of ensuring that it is speedily and efficiently implemented in this province. You actually know that uh, We've got the mega infrastructure project such as Six Two, which involves the development of the port as well as the uh, you know the, the, the development of the corridor from Deben to to to, to Harkin, uh, which will obviously decrease crossing out some of the traditional land. And indeed, traditional leaders will have to ensure that their communities. Benefit in terms of skills, in terms of job, and in terms of using that as a springboard uh, for development.
0: All right. So I know it's uh, still early days for the NDP, really, uh, right now. But uh, have you identified some of the projects? I right hear you're talking about the Dubai Trade Port and 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 then, But have you identified some of the projects that will fall uh, uh, on the land of uh, the traditional leaders?
12: Well, uh, 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 as you will be aware, there is quite a number of projects that are planned. Uh, and indeed, what is happening today is that you have got various government departments who are presenting their own specific projects, uh, which have now been aligned towards to the, the provincial growth and development plan, which is the province's response to the national development plan. So the projects have been identified. You will be aware, for instance, that when you move to areas of cattle uh there are logistic hubs uh, that are planned including some parts of Newcastle. Uh, we, indeed, you are aware of the rail projects that have been planned uh, around the areas of uh, uh, Amakosi in Bomoza and all the other areas. So there's quite a number of projects. Also, if you're moving towards Richards Bay, there's quite a number of infrastructure projects that have been planned uh, where Amakosi areas will benefit in terms of ensuring that they, 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 they strategically position themselves in terms of business, in terms of uh, jobs, and and there's quite a number of spin-offs that this project are going to bring about. But it's most important that the province of KwaZulu-Natal wants to be the leader in terms of ensuring that uh, they drive the implementation and they deal with all the obstacles and they ensure that the, pro- the MDP is implemented and hindered in this province.
0: We well, thank you very much. Mavasu, Spokesperson for the Ministry of uh, Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs in KwaZulu-Natal. With that, we say good afternoon to Mpo Mora of SASFIN Securities. Mpo, how has this slightly firmer rent Affected trade today.
13: Uh, good afternoon, Bongi. Our yeah, market is trading flat as the gold index uh, continues to lead losers despite the gold price being a shy away from the 1,400 level. Uh, markets are also better in Europe where the FTSE is up 0.4% DEX up 0.35% and the CAG 40 is 0.7% better. The Dow futures are pointing to a firmer opening as they are 48% up uh, today. Currently we've got the gold index down two and a quarter percent Resource index down 0.1 of a percent. Industrial index up 0.2 of a percent. Financial index up 0.6 of a percent. The overall market is up 47 points or 0.12 of a percent to 37,849 points.
0: We had results from uh, BCX, a trading update from SAB Miller and an announcement by Aspen.
13: Uh, firstly, B C X uh, released their interim result. Uh, diluted headline earnings per share came in at uh, 19 cents, as against 22.1 cents previously. No interim dividend was declared. and B C X is currently trading 1.7% lower at 5 cents and 70 cents. S A B Miller announced that uh, revenue for the full year grew by 7% on an organic uh, constant currency basis. S A B Miller is currently trading 0.2% higher at 467 cents and 45 cents. Aspen announced that it will buy Nestle. Less infant uh, nutritional business uh, for a cash consideration of 215 million us dollars aspen is currently trading 0.1 percent higher at 191 rents
0: and uh, any big movers today
13: uh, on the upside we've got the uh, royal and platinum up 7.4 percent to 53 rents and 71 cents old mutual up 1.3 percent to 28 rents and four cents Palo World also up 1.3 percent to 92 rands. Investec PLC up 1.25 percent to 60 rands and 79 cents. ACI up 1.2 percent to 100 rands and 39 cents. On the downside you've got Sibania gold down seven and a half percent to nine and sixteen cents. Outron down four point nine percent to nineteen and fifty cents. Harmony gold down four point seven percent to forty two and ninety cents, CMH down two and a half percent to thirteen and fifty cents, and lastly Anglo Gold Ashanti down two point one percent to one hundred and sixty four and fifty cents.
0: And uh, what are the latest market indicators?
13: The gold price is currently quoted at $1,393.70 an ounce. Platinum, $1,438.40 a fine ounce. Brand crude, $98.83 per barrel. The Garmin R157 is trading at yield of 5.26%. And natural currencies, the rent to the dollar is at 9 and 14 The rent to the euro is at 11 and 94 The rent to the pound is at 13 and 95 Back to you, monkey.
0: Thank you very much to Paul More of SASFIN Securities. National Police Commissioner Ria Piecha says she's satisfied with the reasons given by her generals on why police failed to document the Marikana shootings on the 16th of August last year. Piecha says the Deputy Police Commissioner in the Northwest, General William Bembe, said some of the equipment they had, they had on the day was not functioning. That's uh, why there are no police video footage uh, of uh, the shootings. Now let's talk to our reporter there, Lizette Labuskachnik. Good afternoon to you, Lizette. Good
11: afternoon,
0: Bongi. Well, before we come to today's action, really uh, shock at Ria's denial is uh, one uh, headline in the newspapers today. And uh, Ria, uh, rather Ria, unsure cops killed minors. Uh, surely that uh, came back to somewhat haunt uh, uh, the National Police Commissioner today.
11: Yes, we were all very surprised yesterday when she was not willing to actually admit that what we all see on video footage where believe, are shooting mine workers, um, according to her, there's no conclusive evidence that that is the case. And um, I, I forget Mr. Beza didn't really push the point uh, much today, um, but he did say that um, the families of the mine workers that were shot and killed, does not accept the apologies that um, Piecha has um, extended thus far and that she actually applauded police for the work that they had done at Marikana and um, that she's unwilling to take responsibility for what had happened and for the police's role in it. Um, so she, again today, said, you know, she is very sorry, but he wanted to know why she never contacted the families, why she didn't even contact the families of the police official. Who we were shot um, in August. And mm. um, she said, you know, that there was space for everything and that in hindsight perhaps she should have done it.
0: And uh, coming back to today, really what we hear coming out is that uh, the, the police equipment that they had on the day was not functioning. That's why they were unable to uh, provide the video footage uh, of the shootings.
11: Yes, we will remember that it was there's a standing order that says that police should document all protest actions. Um, That is the public order policing unit. And um, we did see quite a lot of videos from the days before the 16th of August. And um, on the 16th of August she says that um, journalists informed the police that mine workers were threatening the lives of the two videographers that were there. And because of that they decided that these videographers should be withdrawn from the scene um, about three hours before the the shooting took place on the 16th of August. And so Beva was not very impressed with that explanation, saying, you know, how can the media remain on the scene? Obviously, it was also not safe for them. But you decided to police officials who trained and who should be able to handle such situations, and it's too dangerous for them to remain. But that is obviously not the only um, video footage that um, the police were capable of taking. We know that the two water cannons on the scene are both fitted with um, uh, cameras that are supposed to activate by itself as soon as the water cannon starts operating. We understand that one of these cameras were not working and that the second camera, the operator who was supposed to be um, working with this camera was not trained and therefore there was no shots taken and um, also there were no shots taken from the helicopters that were in the air at that stage so from the 16th of August, the shootings itself there is absolutely no video footage taken by police at all
0: Thank you very much to our reporter Lizette Labouskakhne
9: Heard this week on Living Sounds
10: People developing intolerance and superiority consciousness against other people's religion and condescendingly say your religion is um, less of, of less value than my, than my own. I think we need to grow with that.
8: In the new South Africa,
10: we must liberate religion.
8: The entire country has thrown God out. So it's small wonder for the corruption, the bribery, the, 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 the promiscuity, the, 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 just name it, that goes on in this country because they've thrown God out, not only of the schools, out of government, out of various societies of the, of the country.
9: Join me, Kanyuma Kubane, every Sunday between 6 and 8 p.m. on Living Sounds, right here on FFM, South Africa's News and Information Leader.
0: Okay, let me read some of the tweets coming through at Kuala B. Uh, Sia, uh, very active today. Let me start. You have three uh, tweets coming through, Sia. I'll start with this one. Bongi, I'm a resident of uh, Ermelo. We have uh, no water for five months and the municipality uh, provides no tankers. Municipality be put under administration. You go on to say situation is worse. ESCOM will cut electricity in our town, Ermelo, on the 25th of April. Uh, so that's uh, next week uh, Because it's owed 40 million rand Corruption main problem So you also ask us to put uh, Or to get Kokta uh, Mpumalanga To clarify uh, what is going on there And what is it that they are doing To solve the situation And uh, about uh, Kosatu and uh, Numsa's conference uh, Going through uh, Spiwo in KwaZulu-Natal uh, Saying that Irvin uh, Jim is correct uh, Plutocratic uh, capitalists like uh, sir Ramaphosa, Gupta and Mtsipe Are brutally the same as white capitalists and uh, this one coming from uh, Linde Mkiza, they're talking about uh, that survey that uh, we talked about yesterday of unemployed graduates. Uh, the, the stats uh, and survey is not true. Uh, the, the, there are other reasons he he's not uh, telling us, uh, of course, uh, black graduates are being sidelined period. Some of the stories that uh, we carried yesterday. And uh, COSATU Secretary General or rather General Secretary Zolenzima has warned that uh, pushing through the NDP may break its relations with the ANC. Let's go uh, further afield. Scores of people are injured and an unknown number are dead after a huge explosion at a fertilizer plant near Waco in the U.S. state of Texas. Dozens of homes and buildings have been destroyed and several are still on fire after the West fertilizer plant exploded in the early hours of this morning. Some people are thought uh, still to be trapped in buildings and a number of uh, firefighters are reported missing. The BBC's Andy Moore reports.
6: It should collapse. A man films a fire at the fertilizer plant from what he thinks is a safe distance. I can't hear Get out of here. Please get out of here. The explosion sparked many other fires in the surrounding area. A nursing home, a school, and an apartment complex were among the buildings set ablaze. Floodlights illuminated a football pitch used as an emergency triage area. Dozens of injured people could be seen taken away to nearby emergency vehicles. Police said they were using their squad cars to transport some of the casualties. A mass of emergency vehicles gridlocked the roads. At a medical centre nearby, the casualties poured in, some of them arriving by bus. All the time, the rescue effort was hampered by power cuts caused by the explosion.
2: I was there, I walked through the blast area, I searched some houses earlier tonight, massive, just like Iraq, just like the Murray building in Oklahoma City. Same kind of anhydrous, exploded, so you can imagine what kind of damage we're looking at there.
6: The blast was heard 45 miles away. It caused enormous damage over a wide area.
2: There's a giant force of pressure that's pushing me back, and they're strapping so you've you, you got to be a little affected by this right now. you still kind of been shocked. you am still shaking it up. I, I haven't been, I've been stopped shaking up since the whole thing happened. I mean, that's probably the worst thing I've ever seen in my life.
6: More than 100 elderly people were evacuated from a nursing home. It was a scene of chaos when the first rescuers arrived.
2: When I got in there, there were some people that were in wheelchairs, and then we had others that um, were just trapped in the rooms. They had sheetrock that was on top of them, you had to remove that. The halls were, had debris in it, the ceilings were down even in the halls, lights. There was a water leak, so you're standing in the water,
6: wires were hanging down. Another eyewitness said the whole earth shook when the plant exploded. She said it was like being in a tornado. The American Red Cross said they were sending volunteers from across the state to help in the rescue effort. There are fears another storage tank at the fertilizer plant could explode. A wide area is being evacuated.
0: The BBC's Andy Moore And uh, our Harare correspondent, Shingai Nyoka, tells us that uh, the United Nations says it will continue to engage Zimbabwe to resolve differences after Harare withdrew its election funding request, citing stringent terms of reference. Zimbabwe says the UN's insistence on unrestricted access to all stakeholders was tantamount to interfering in its internal affairs. In a statement, the UN's resident coordinator for Zimbabwe said the UN's demands were standard procedures For all electoral funding assessment missions, Zimbabwe has set an initial budget at $132 million for elections expected later this year.
9: The spat with the United Nations could have closed an important avenue for election funding for cash-strapped Zimbabwe. The world body has insisted on an unfettered right to talk to all stakeholders including marginalized groups, media and civil society organizations before deciding whether to fund the elections. But Justice Minister Patrick Chinamasa says Zimbabwe will have none of it. The conditionalities
8: remain unacceptable in that in any event the UN Avenue for sourcing resources
9: for elections is now closed what we should do now is to look at local resources to mobilize local resources to conduct our elections prime minister morgan changirai says his party holds a different view
8: some of our colleagues in the coalition government uh, (coughs) feel that it should be limited to sec political parties without necessarily going into certain
2: areas where some of the coalition partners feel that it's very strongly that it is So there's no consensus on that. But for me,
8: uh, I'm not speaking here as a person, I'm speaking on behalf of the principal. That's why I'm saying there's no consensus.
9: The smaller MDC faction in the coalition led by Welshman Mubek. They
8: will never accept, repeat, never accept what we are trying to do. You cannot tell them they will not talk to civil society, they will want to make the assessment on the basis of a conversation with all stakeholders. Stakeholders include civil society, include political parties. Here we are being told they can't talk to political parties, they can only talk to government entities.
9: The United Nations debacle is just one of the many areas of contention within the coalition as the country prepares for polls. Morgan Trangirai and President Robert Mugabe on Monday each appointed a party representative to work together to draw up an election roadmap. A sign, according to Welshman Ngube, that as elections approach his party is being sidelined from key decisions.
8: At least from a ZANU-PF point of view, what is happening is understandable. ZANU-PF has always wanted chaos and has always wanted a situation where we are not implementing the GPA until we have to do an election. And this chaos that is now being caused by this so-called principal's forum fits well in the agenda. We will spend the next few weeks quarreling about everything. In the meantime, time is ticking away. And before you know it, 29 June, there is no parliament. And that's the chaos scenario that ZANU-PF favoured. The real question is, why is Tswangirai playing alone?
0: And
3: of course, uh, that report coming through from Zimbabwe, thanks to our correspondent there, Shinga Nyo.